All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Chasing Function. This is Kai. This is Noah. And we're here to talk about some ADD again. ADD, number two. Numero dos. Dose. So ADD one was super fun. Um, and in, in true Noah fashion, I managed to trigger the whole world. So yeah, dog. I wanted to first address my capacity to trigger people. Um, so I, I got some really good feedback, actually, which I really appreciated um, from actually a lot of people in regards to like my viewpoints in ADD and Kai's viewpoints in ADD. Um, people preemptively want to believe that I don't believe in ADD. So I want to make sure that I clarify um, my stance on ADD and the direction of these podcasts. Um, Kai and I absolutely believe ADD is real. Um, we absolutely believe ADD is a problem. We absolutely believe that ADD is something that's growing at a rapid rate and becoming a bigger and bigger issue for the population of people in America. That said, my viewpoint on ADD is I don't think it's as much of a neurocognition issue as a way we live our life. And so I think as always in traditional American medical, they want to say, well, you were born this way. Mm. Do I believe some people have a predisposition at birth to have a higher likelihood of ADD? Yes. Do I think that there's a bit of nature as well as nurture in that, that statement? I think that there are some things about the American culture they're going to drive significant amounts of ADD. Um, I also believe that if you have kids that have a predisposition towards that, they're going to have it more. But I also think there's people out there that, that may not have a predisposition that have ADD as well. I also think that the amount of trauma that people receive in life can contribute to their predisposition for ADD as well. All things we will continue to talk about, and there are a bit of spoiler alerts, but I want to put these out front because I want people to be able to listen to the podcast free and easy and not be uh, concerned that I'm trying to like dismiss ADD because I'm absolutely not. That's not the direction I want to go. And if that was misleading at all in the last podcast, I want to put that out there. Um, Kai, do you have any thoughts in regards to that? I mean, I, I, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the best podcast team ever. You know. Okay, so the second one that was brought up was a very, very intelligent young lady who I uh, have a lot of respect for had brought to my attention that ADD tends to go undiagnosed in women and women have a higher predisposition towards Asperger's and the ability to, to mask these things. And so there's a lot of information that suggests that women... Um, ADD is a bigger problem for women than it is for men. Now, okay, I, we're only going to do three podcasts on ADD. Uh, I don't disagree with that statement. Um, I think it is absolutely true. My struggle with breaching that subject is twofold. One, I want to work in root causes. So in a statement like that, a blanket statement like that, which, which I don't disagree with, um, I don't have any insight as to the root cause of that. So one of the things that we like to talk about in our podcast is things that we can offer solutions to. 
And believe it or not, in our long-winded nature, we're working towards solutions here in regards to ADD. So the reason that we kind of went unchecked on that was because I don't know how to, I wouldn't even know how to cope to begin to cope with that. And so um, I kind of walked like, just like left that in that kind of the back burner to the to people that are more qualified. The other thing with, with that particular statement is that there's, there's growing research on it, but there isn't a lot of it available. And, and I actually looked after uh, I had received this information. Um, there's a couple of studies in regards to it. They're very, very new. Um, and I look forward to seeing the direction they take those. Um, so those are kind of, those, those, are, those are tougher topics to get onto. And remember, we want to make complex human ideas simple. That is something that as hard as I would work to, to make that simple, I don't think I could make that simple. <laughs> Nor would I have any like insight as to what's going on with that other than it's out there. So those of you that are interested, or if you are one of the, the young women out there that feel like you have an affliction towards ADD, potentially Asperger's or uh, being on the spectrum, um, the information is out there. You're not alone. And there are people that are doing research, really good research towards helping people understand that more. So that's a lot of the feedback I've gotten. I just wanted to um, chime in on that a little bit. Um, I, I had read a book called In the Flow. Um, it's basically a book about women and their their cycle. Um, and this lady did a lot of research and, um, you know, she found that there was certain ways to, one, eat, behave, and um, manage stress uh, with that goes with your cycle. So there's all these hormone profiles that have to happen you know, that, that happened during the cycle and it's, you know, varies between and depends on how well you, um, can go through those cycles. So like, I can see what, where she's saying that women, um, have a, a more affliction towards, you know, ADD or any of the other, um, other stuff. Um, because I think that a lot of people are misinformed about, women's cycles because all the research is done with men particularly um so i think that there could be something there uh, i don't know i can't say for sure but i just that's the first thing that popped in my head yeah and to, to speak to your point in regards to like hormone profiles right women are going to have a far more vast hormone profile than men are going to have right to your point men tend to be a little bit more consistent. You know, we have peak testosterone in terms of like times of the month and things like that. Um, but certainly not like women do. We also are going to be less affected by food um, than women are because frankly, our hormone profile is a little bit more consistent. Right. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean anything's better or worse. It just means that like, those are going to affect our bodies in a much different way. And this is kind of to the point that, that Kai and I were trying to get across last week, right? Yeah. The world we live in is so vast and so far removed from the way we were supposed to live. And there's so much more inputs that our brains can't handle. And I, I think all that stuff is going to affect us. I don't know if we'll ever, we'll ever really get to the bottom of a lot of this stuff. Um, 
man, like I have so many thoughts on things that we'll just never really understand. And it's tough because the reality of it is, is like, we're just doing the best we can with the information we have available. But yeah, ADD certainly hits home. And, and what I've realized in having this conversation is a lot of people have been affected by ADD in a lot of really unique ways. And most of which has not necessarily been positive. So um, it only makes it more important that Kai and I, one, are responsible with our approach, but two, start giving some sorts of solutions for people. So today what we want to talk about is we want to talk about some ideas um, that was presented on a Joe Rogan podcast by Dr. What was her name, Kai? Amishi Jaha. So Dr. Amishi has a book. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Kai has it. He find. Mind. So, um, and what she had talked about was this idea of our, our, our brain functioning or our focus functioning. Attention. In, what's up? She's talked about attention. Attention. Um, in terms of three networks, right? And that's, we've got a flashlight, we've got a floodlight, and we have executive control. For sake of conversation here, we're not going to talk a lot about executive control. If you want more information, the podcast on Joe Rogan is incredible. The book is great. Uh, Kai's read it. I've definitely sampled pieces of it. Um, and she's got some stuff on YouTube. It's really good as well. So I want to give credit where credit's due because this isn't us. But I do want to present these ideas and give our opinions on them. So um, I'm going to start here and just give a brief outline of this idea of floodlight and flashlight. And so this is her way of describing the way focus functions. And if you guys think about like uh, those old mag lights, those flashlights, the big black ones that police officers used to carry, you can twist the, the, the lens of it and you can either focus the light on one object or you can broaden the scope of the light. And that's kind of the way I look at this idea of flashlight versus floodlight. Flashlight would be me being really intense in what I'm trying to find, almost pinpoint accuracy in terms of focus. So I'm really putting all my energy into one thing and having all that energy in one intense piece brings a lot of value towards my ability to process information towards uh, finished tasks, things along those lines. And so the struggle that people tend to have is we lack the ability to create that really finite pinpoint focus. Now, Kai is going to talk a little bit about the floodlight itself. Yeah. So the floodlight is like you said, like if a flashlight is more like, you know, honing in the floodlight is more like broadening that, um, that flashlight. Um, and so it's called, she called it the alerting system and it's really based in time. Like what's happening the here and now. And it's just a bigger, broader picture of that focus that you had before. But now you're just allowing all that information to come in, like whatever it is, it's coming in. Um, and it's kind of like your, your way of being ready for whatever is going to happen. So if you think about um, like if you just got in your car, the first thing that you're doing, you're focusing on like, okay, I got to turn on my car. I got to put my, you know, put the gear what is it just stick into the gear whatever uh, <laughs> uh you, you know you're focusing on those one like little tasks and then as you're driving you're paying attention to you know 
other cars, people crossing the road, the lights, um, you know, like all these things. So your focus becomes more broad and you really have to pay attention to like everything all at once, right? So that's kind of the idea of that. But this is uh, where a lot of the problem lies in, um, in, in people with ADD. And so Dr. Mishi talked about a lot about that, about how we just live in this um, and we just can't, we don't have control over what's coming in. Like there's just that, like Noah said in the beginning, like we just, our world is so filled with inputs, like, you know, TV, radio, uh, TikTok, Instagram, like all these things that we're getting, that are getting bombarded into our focus and become distractions uh, is really what's, you know, harming these, uh, these people that are afflicted with uh, ADD. Well, and that's, and that's kind of interesting what we're talking about here, right, is both of these things become important, right? Yeah. My ability to focus on a given task is very important in life, right? Like if I work at a company and I have one particular project that's very important to get accomplished, I want to be able to devote as much attention as needed to finish the project, yeah. right? And if you're someone with ADD, you're going to struggle with the ability to take and, and put an effort into that project, right? Mm-hmm. Now, having the ability to access the floodlight to Kai's point is important. Like if I'm driving, I need to be able to multitask and take in lots of inputs. Right. And so it's valuable when driving, but the floodlight becomes very invaluable when I'm sitting in front of a computer and trying to accomplish one task as quickly and effectively as possible. You know, and and to think about that in terms of like function, like real life function, you know, if I'm a high school student who needs to take a test whether I know the material or not becomes irrelevant because I can't create a flashlight to get the test done. I'm in this floodlight perspective. And so going back to last week's podcast, when we were talking a lot about how we have all of these inputs that trigger our fight or flight response, this is floodlight, right? When I have a fight or flight response, I need to take in as much information as I possibly can. That's incredibly valuable if I'm being chased by a bear or having to fight, right? Conversely, I also need to be able to focus on that flashlight, right? So let's, let's, let's go even further with this bear idea. If I'm going to choose to fight the bear, I want to be able to put all of my neurological focus on the bear because I want to see everything that's coming. Conversely, if I'm going to choose to run from the bear, I need my floodlight to go off because I need to have as much information taken in for my surroundings. So I know when to change directions, right? Yeah. All these things are incredibly important. There's no one that's better than the other. The issue is, is from a young age, because of exposure for so in, in, in tons of ways, whether it be like we had mentioned, not being bored in the past or having lots of app choices or, you know, being on social media where all the inputs are very short duration in terms of information, right? Minute long videos on Instagram, um, sometimes most of the time shorter, right? Most people are taking in their information as a floodlight. As I'm talking to Kai, I can see text messages coming in on my phone, right? It's even hard for me to create this flashlight approach and create the best possible product. And so, 
we have to be able to figure out how to deal with this. And, and the, the biggest thing is, is, or my biggest concern, I think, is that idea of hypersensitivity. And, and Kai, I know you want to talk a lot about that. Yeah, before we get to that, I just wanted to, to point out that uh, Dr. Amishi was saying that it's, the problem lies within transitioning from one to the other. Right. Right. Being able to, yes, the floodlight is important in this moment, but now I need to focus on this. I mean, switch to the flashlight, which is really right. hard for people that have ADD because then they have to really, you know, hone in on that one thing, but they still want to be in that floodlight and like take in all the information, like, you know, seeing a text message, I got to text that person back and then I got to go do this and then I got to do that. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially working from home and all that kind of stuff. But um, to switch gears and, and go to a different author that we both are studying, uh, we go to Gabor Mate, I believe is how you say it. It's His name's uh, tough. What's that? These names are tough. Name, name, words are hard, man. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Gabor Mate uh, is like a, a physician. He used to treat people with ADD and he used in he, you know, what he said was he tried to, you know, do as much as he can before medication, but then would ultimately go to medication. But basically what he would be saying about um, people who have ADD is that they're hypersensitive, like Noah was saying. Um, and, and it's, you know, in other words, that people are being too sensitive, right? So when we think about uh, someone who has the floodlight and living in the floodlight, you're constantly alert, right? And so it's like having, uh, being at your desk, but thinking the bear's chasing me, right? So they're hypersensitive. They're very attuned to like either overreact or, you know, um, just be super jumpy, right? <clears throat> so um, he kind of, related this a little bit to um, the emotional states of the parents, but also like stressful states in utero, meaning when the mom is pregnant with you. Uh, and this goes back to what Noah was talking about in the beginning, how people think this is hereditary and things like that. So he was saying, you know, some of that's one factor of it, right? One factor of, uh, of having ADD or, or being presented as being ADD um, there is that hereditary factor, right? But a lot of it can be environmental, it could be behavioral, you know, people that you're around, all that kind of stuff. But what he was saying is that the stressful states of the mom and the parent and, and the father um, have a lot to do with when they're born. Now they have a stressful, you know, they, they are highly attuned with their parents, right? So whenever the parents are stressed, you know, and, you know, being a parent is stressful. Uh, the, the, the kids know, they don't know how to, um, to deal with it, but they just know. And so he shared a, um, go for it. So to, to kind of Kai's point, I want to bring this full circle. Those of you that listen to our podcast, we talked about this idea of empaths a long time ago. And we talked about how I have this, this, perspective that everybody is an empath to some degree with our ability to sense um, trauma in people or sense discomfort or, or just sense people in general. And one of the things that I talked about was how I believe that our peripheral nervous system has been so dulled 
through food and, and exposure that a lot of us have lost the ability to sense people. This goes back to that point. Kids at their youngest form are going to have the most pure nervous systems out there. They're going to have the best possible parameters for understanding or feeling this like emotional duress. And so what a lot of people attribute to, you know, this um, hereditary trait that was passed down, I've argued from the beginning, it's been exposure. It's been significant amounts of exposure at an early age. Trauma begins really early in life for kids, including the process itself of having, of being birthed, right? You're talking about something that's alive being birthed. And so our nervous system is, is hardwired into us. I mean, essentially at the beginning phases of life. And so this idea of hypersensitivity in an environment or a world that has so much exposure when we hear the word sensitivity, we assume as people that that's directly correlated to us being sensitive, right? Like as a response to an outward exposure to like being yelled at. But this idea of hypersensitivity can be exposure to light. It can be exposure to sound. It can be exposure to, um, you know, TV, foods, smells, all of those things are triggering to people. And we've, we've seen that through studies for years and years and years where people will smell something that correlates a memory that they have that causes upregulation. And so one of the things to understand about this and, and to, to continue to, we're using this to prove our point in a world full of massive amounts of exposure, we're creating hypersensitive kids. And so these hypersensitive kids are by nature going to be afraid for their life without knowing they're afraid for their life. And so that's going to drive this floodlight response versus giving them the ability to have a flashlight. Yeah. I love when you give me that deep insight like that, Kai, man. I'm just taking it all in, you know, my my floodlight is super bright. Yeah. (laughs) No flashlight Kai. No. Uh, No. So to me, to me, though, this means that we really have to train against that, right? If I have an athlete come to me and say, hey, I'm incredibly strong, that usually means that they don't have a great aerobic system, and we have to train the opposite, right? If we can understand somebody with ADD has a problem with the floodlight and have this idea of hypersensitivity, Kai, what's the solution to that problem? Train your flashlight. Train your freaking flashlight. That's so simple, but so insightful. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and to Dr. Amishi's point, and what we always say, it's but basically that's the only thing that we can really control ourselves, right? We can't tr- control, you know, the inputs that we get well, to some extent, right? But we're constantly getting bombarded by people, by news, by, you know, cars, by lights, all these things, noises. So the only thing that we can control is what we focus on. And so that flashlight becomes super important because we are the ones holding that flashlight. So, um, you know, I think that that's, you know, it, it is one solution to this problem um but we have many 
many other solutions that we will talk about next time. Yeah, this will be a, a definite next week podcast conversation, but I think it's something to, that's important to think about, guys, is that you have control. And one of the things is, as somebody who struggled with ADD for a long time in, in terms of myself, um, we don't always believe that we have control or that we can bring control back. And so something that I always kind of felt was like, well, this is just the way it is. Like, this is how I have to take tests, right? And the stupid ass Scantron. This is how I learn in school, right? Like, this is how it has to be. So I guess I just got to figure out. Nobody offered solutions to me. And so the amount of trauma that was created by having or being forced into those circumstances without the tools to succeed was immense. It created so much um, anxiety around studying, test anxiety. Um, and we can go on for really for days, right? And so for me, as someone who struggled with this, it would have been really useful for someone to give me some exposure to there's ways that you can train your brain to better function towards what you want to function towards. Yeah. And, and to that point, and to go kind of back to, you know, uh, the kids, if you have a better understanding of your sensitivities, your, uh, you know, tendencies towards, you know, ADD or just focus in general stress, then it won't get passed on to your kids. Right. Right. They'll, they'll see you and, and notice how you handle, you know, Oh, I'm not able to focus right now. Let me go do these exercises. You know, kids are very, very smart, right. They'll go and and they'll, you know, it's monkey see monkey do. So it's like, if you don't know how to handle it and you just yell, what are they going to do? they're going to yell, they're going to scream, they're going to cry, whatever it is that they think is a, an appropriate way to, to react to that stress or, or whatever it may be, that input. So if you have the tools to, hey, you know what? I can't focus right now. I'm just thinking about too much. Let me go sit down for two minutes and do this breathing exercise. And then let me come back. Then the kid, hopefully, will do the same, right? Will follow suit. So I think that that's another thing that's super important to get this information out for, you know, before people have kids um, so that it's a better uh, starting point for that, the, their children, right? And I think that that will help, um, you know, be a better generation, right? Because we already see how this new generation is acting, right? They're the ones that are on TikTok, on Instagram, and their, their attention spans are like seven seconds long, right? So I think that once we can get people more aware of how to train their focus, we'll have a better society. I know that's a big thing to say, but I think that that can happen. Well, and to your point, I, I think that's something, that, that's what drew us to this topic, right? Yeah. Was this idea of exposure, like the people that listen to this podcast are interested in, in this kind of information. I think it's our job as, as critical thinking, uh, the critical thinking army of the world is to help people understand that there's solutions here. Right. I, I kind of hope that when people listen to this, they can kind of take, take this in as like a, 
oh, well, yeah, like I can dig deeper into this topic or I can give people this exposure that are struggling with ADD and, and help them start to work their way through these things. I also kind of hope that, you know, I, I really hope this can find its way into schools. Like, I think, you know, I don't, I don't think schools should be solely responsible, but to your point, like as parents creating a, a, a leveling up as a parent to help our kids is really important. But I, I think even if we can't level up as a parent, giving our kids the exposure to things that can help them build out their, their flashlight is important. Yeah. And another point I wanted to make was, um, you know, we always kind of are like kind of bashing, you know, Western medicine and taking medication and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, for some people it, it, it's needed, right. You know, there's a time and place. Um, but I also wanted to add during Dr. Amishi's, um podcast is that, you know, she's not a pharmacologist, right? She's not a, you know, a prescribing doctor. She's a neuroscientist. So she's, you know, not going to say, don't take your medication, take your medication, whatever. So they did a study, right. That, um, she's like, you know, take your medication as normal, but just add this, you know, routine, this, uh, mindfulness routine, and, you know, let's see what happens. And so the overall consensus was, you know, the, when they took their medication before they would have hyper-focus, right? So it did its job, but what they did was, you know, someone said, oh, you know, I would take my medication and then I would play video games for 10 hours. I was super focused, but I played video games for 10 hours and I forgot to go to work or, you know, I, you know, did really well. I was focused, but I just, didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. So it's like medication is good, right? It's doing its job. It's helping them focus, but it's not helping them focus on the right things. So when they did the mindfulness exercise and they were more alert and more aware of what they were doing, then when they took their medication, they knew what they had to do to, you know, uh, when we go back to executive control, right? It's about being aligned with your goals they were more aligned with their goals because they were aware of what they were doing. So, you know, we don't want you to think like you can never take medication, but medication without the proper guidance, I would say is, is what, you know, the issue is right now. I can see as being the issue, right? Cause if you're hyper-focused, but on the wrong thing, then it's still a problem. Right. So just want to throw that in there. Well, and, and to backpack on that, as, as I love to do so with you, I think this is also us not bashing medication, which often people believe this goes back to my original viewpoint of medication at all times. It's medication is a bandaid, not a, it's not supposed to be a crutch, right? So if we have medication without some sort of plan to get rid of the medication, then we have a real problem. Yeah. So I can't really take medication forever, right? Eventually what happens is my body grows immune to it and I have to double up on it. And as I can continue to do so, we have a huge risk of side effects and things along those lines. So the harsh reality here is, is like with medication, we still have to find ways to live a better life. We still have to build focus, build intensity. And, and as simple as just understanding is and asking yourself, am I in my flashlight or in my floodlight? Right. 
like that in its own right can be really, really powerful. So um, I think these are all things to consider. And, and hopefully we brought a little bit of clarity as to our belief system and where we are in terms of ADD. Um, it's real. It's a real problem. I, I would argue it's, it's, it's probably, it's a pandemic really. Like I think it's a growing issue that's going to affect families more and more. Um, and it actually really scares me if I'm really honest with everybody. Mm-hmm. So we went to these podcasts because we felt like this was an opportunity to help create some change and, and create some awareness as to what ADD really is. Uh, Cause I still think there's a lot of, of misunderstanding around it. So um, as always guys, thank you. Um, this is chasing function. You can find me at root dot solution on Instagram. You can find Kai at basics Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and all that. Chase Punch. Uh, all of them. So if you guys have any questions or need us, feel free to reach out. Our goal going forward, guys, is, you know, kind of both have lives. So we are trying to get podcasts out weekly, but it isn't always that easy. Our goal is at least every other week um, and get back on track to weekly. But we feel like we can present better content um, with a little bit of more time. So we appreciate your guys' patience with us. We really appreciate your guys' feedback. Um, continue to bring it, please. Uh, it, it offers perspective and gives us guidance as to what direction to take these podcasts. Um, with that said, we will uh, see you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah. Be on the lookout for Root Solutions on our next podcast. <laughs> wow. I don't know if everyone's going to get that one, but wow. Later.